Welcome to the Audible presented by Morgan Law Group. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFR-TV, CBS4 Miami. You can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com, so there's no reason not to find the Audible. Kim Camper, John Conjemi with you, and we've got a good show for you today here on the Audible. We're going to take a look back at the game against the New York Jets. And then we're going to look. Uh, then we're going to go ahead with our sit down. We're going to talk to the big man, Raquan Davis, big Alabama guy. We'll talk to him. He's making his presence felt over the last couple of weeks. And then we'll obviously take a look at this week's opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals. Opportunity for the Dolphins to pick up their eighth win of the season. And we'll have some X's and O's for you at the end. But first, John, before we go, let's go ahead and look back. Presented by Morgan, uh, Morgan and Morgan Law. Um, and look at the game against the, the New York Jets. And I'm looking looking back at my notes, and, John, it was a – it was a, I would say it was a workmanlike but not spectacular game by the Dolphins. It was one of those games that, you know, we I know we did a pregame show prior to the game, and, John, I just really felt uncomfortable going into that game because you're looking at the Jets getting Sam Darnold back, getting three of their receivers back, and you look at the Dolphins in the quarterback situation and, and some of the guys that, that were – that we have on the shelf, and you thought, man, this is, uh, you know, this is going to be a tough one. But, uh, you know, I, I credit the Dolphins for going in there just, like I said, workmanlike effort, making the plays they had to play, and come away, coming away with a big win. Well, I thought – I agree with you about, about having a little trepidation and going into uh, a team that hasn't won a game, and they're getting healthy. They get their starting quarterback back. They, they get those receivers back. But I think the Dolphins did a nice job early in the game, answering a field goal with a field goal. I thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick got everybody involved. I believe he hit 11 different receivers on the day. And I think the defense came up with some huge stops in in the football game to really turn the tide. You know, two fumbles, uncharacteristic, two turnovers by the Miami Dolphins on offense, put the defense on on a very short field. And they came up uh, once by forcing a punt, and then that huge Alandon Roberts stop on Frank Gore on fourth and one. I think that injected some confidence into this football team. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick did enough. I think he did enough in terms of being able to get Devontae Parker involved. I think he had a career high or, or a season high in terms right. of yardage. He had, you know, led the team in catches with eight for 119. And I think Jason Sanders again mm-hmm. uh, was spectacular. Came in. Uh, with a, a couple of huge kicks over 50 yards, extending that uh, to eight in a row, I believe, and 10 going back to last season. So this is a guy that has been so solid in terms of being able to not only make the chip shots, but when you need long-distance field goals coming in with points and giving the Dolphins that 13-3 lead at halftime they needed to propel them in the second half. John, let's talk a little bit about uh, about Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he injects uh, in the lineup, you know, we certainly saw it at the end, uh, at the end of the game a couple of weeks ago, uh, where the Dolphins had a chance to come back and, and maybe tie that game up, or maybe win the football game. And then with the injury to Tua, gets to start today, and looks like the same uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that we saw last year, and and doing what he did earlier in the season, moving the football. And boy, you can tell he likes Devontae Parker, he likes Mike Gesicki, and he likes all those other tight ends. Um, so it's a, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny, John, because, you know, I want to see more Tua because I think Tua needs to get those reps so everybody knows what, what, what he is by the end of this season. But, boy, it sure is fun to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick play the game at his age with a youthful enthusiasm that just ensnares everybody on this football team, and he seems to drag them along with them 
everywhere he goes. I think head coach Brian Flores is probably in a quandary only because he's already decided Tua Tungavailoa is going to be his starting quarterback. If he's healthy, he's going to play. But I would think he would be torn because there's two guys on his roster that have earned the right to play the position of quarterback in, in different ways. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, gives this team stability. He gives this team reliability. He gives this team explosive plays down the field because he's used to seeing every type of different defense, any defensive coordinator is going to throw up there. And he knows when guys are covered in the NFL, they're really not covered. He has to give those guys opportunities. And I think that's where Tua is going to learn a little bit more each week, uh, either via playing the position of quarterback or last week against the Jets, watching Fitzpatrick get the football to different areas of the field, knowing that his players are going to have a chance to win those 50-50, 70-30 type of chances down the field. And I think it's, it's going to help both guys. It helps Ryan because he knows he can still do it. I mean, heck, he even ran the option you know, yeah. in that game against the Jets for, for positive yardage. But he's able to use the tight ends in the red zone, use Devontae Parker out on the perimeter, move within the pocket to avoid pressure and, and sacks and possible turnovers, you know, with a strip sack. So I think those are all things that Tua has to bank yep. in the back of his mind. Now, when he gets his opportunity, if he's healthy against the Bengals this week, he has to go out and, and show those things. He has to go out and, and keep improving as a rookie quarterback going into what is maybe his fourth start, I, I think, in the NFL. Yeah. John, you, you look at this team and it's, it's you, you, don't, you don't want to nitpick on this team, but well, I tell you, for, for both, uh, for the entire offense, for Ryan, for Tua, boy, John, it, 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 it would be so, so nice if we could get a more productive running game. I think it would, it would just do so much to open up that offense and, and really give you that opportunity to cement that, that play action game and make it believable uh, and where, where it's, it's sustainable going forward. But uh, I, I think it's going to be tough sledding to get to that point until they find and, – and to me, well, I would love to come out of a game one day, one day. 100 yards? 140, <laughs> 150 yards. And I don't yeah. care how many people had to do it, but just get that – you know, get broach that 150-yard mark in the running game. To me, that's an important number for, for an offensive football team that wants to be complete. Well, complete on offense. And if you're going to include being that way, yeah. I'm going to throw that offensive line in there and a challenge to those guys because it's been good, but it hasn't been to the point where you feel like they've been able to dominate a football game and take over a game, especially against a winless team. When you, when you look back last week, that should have been the time where they could they could establish the line of scrimmage and be able to grind the clock and be able to run and, and take some quit into the New York Jets front seven. Never got to that point. It never got to a point where you felt like the Dolphins were in control until the defense come up came up with those stops in the second half. So I, I agree with you, Bo, in terms of Cincinnati and New England and Kansas City and looking down the road at the Raiders and the Bills. The, the weather isn't going to be great, although you have three home games in a row, which should, which should comfort the Miami Dolphins. You still have that one remaining where the, it's going to be tough to remove the football on the ground. And, and somehow, some way, they need more confidence either in the line or in who's running the football and being able to take over a game at a certain point without always relying on special teams or a big play from your defense. Time to go with our sit-down, and today 
We're going to talk to the big man, Raekwon Davis. That's amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. And well, I'll tell you what, John, he's a big man. And, and over the last couple of weeks, been getting a little more playing time out there. And all of a sudden, you're seeing that uh, you're seeing that big body flash and, and make some plays. It was part of a sack in the game on Sunday. And, and it's been a part of, an up, of, of a couple of, you know, fourth and, fourth and ones, fourth and short stops, uh, and, and really starting to pay his dividends as he lines up next to his old counterpart there from Clemson and, uh, and tries to shore up the middle of that defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Raekwon is happy Christian Wilkins is back beside him because he takes a lot of reps and he's so productive that he takes some pressure off of, of the rookie defensive tackle. And, Bo, I don't know if you can remember when these guys were drafted, you know, you had the three offensive linemen, you have a defensive tackle drafted, and you had some question mark because you didn't know a whole lot about them and how they were going to translate from college to the NFL. Well, Raekwon Davis is blowing my expectations away because he's eating up a lot of plays. And while he's doing it, he's occupying a lot of blocks and he's making a lot of plays. So I think it's been a, a pleasant surprise what he's been able to give this defense in terms of the amount of plays he's been able to grind out and the success he's had in those plays. Yeah. And you talk about, it. I mean, he takes up some space and uh, let's a Landon Roberts come and blow up that, that fourth and one that was really, really important after the turnover another quick change for the Dolphins back-to-back -back quick changes in the defense, and that play helped uh, helped shut them down and not you know, keep them off the scoreboard and really one of those good plays. So let's see what, uh, see what the big man had to say today. Joining us now, defensive tackle Raekwon Davis. Raekwon, uh, thanks for spending some time with us here on the Audible and uh, coming off of another big win. And, uh, well, I tell you, there's, there's nothing, like, nothing like going up on the road, getting a win, and I tell you what, you haven't been around the Dolphins too long, but nothing like beating the New York Jets, especially in their own backyard. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great, man. Thank you all for having me. How do you feel about where you're at right now? Uh, you know, playing along, getting along at this point in the season, kind of uh, you, you're past that rookie stage now. And uh, how are you feeling about your game and the way that you're improving? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting better each week. Uh, I still feel like I got a lot to prove and lots to improve in and um, – you know, I'm just trying to do whatever it takes to help the team right now, so just so we can, we can get better as a whole unit. Raekwon, do you guys feel as a defense, it just seems like every week a different guy steps up and makes a, a really big splash play? You know, you guys are all playing really well and consistently, but it seems like one guy, uh, you know, will make a big interception like uh, Nick Needham or, or X will come up with a play or Van Ginkle will come up with a strip sack. It just seems like you guys are – it's getting contagious on that side of the football. Man, it's just everybody just trying to play together. Everybody just trying to do their job, you know, one play at a time. You know, just just do what it takes to help the team, you know. We're just trying to get better each week as a, um, as a whole and um, and just trying to keep improving. What was it like having uh, Christian Wilkins back uh, on on your side of the football beside you playing up against the Jets? Because he, oh, he seems like you got a lot of penetration and you guys feed off of each other. Yeah, man, it was it was nice to have him back, man. It was just a lot of energy, and everybody was just wasn't blown, wasn't tired. So we was, we were happy to have him back. You know, he was he's one of them guys that we know that's going to be a key to this game and and help us like during the, the whole little process of it. So it was it was nice to have him back. Rayquan, you guys played really well on Sunday. Uh, run defense, short up, and then did a lot of good things out there, putting pressure on the quarterback. You've watched this defense now. How, how good can you guys get uh, as you go through this year? Uh, we're going to be elite. We're going we're gonna to keep trying. We're going to, you know, keep chopping that wood. We're going to be elite. We're going to be a real good defense. 
you, you know, much like this entire football team, you look at the offense. I don't think there's anyone over 27 or 28 years old on that on that side of the ball. And on your side of the ball, it's a young football team. Does it feel like to you like a team that that's on the rise that you can grow with and really, you know, put your stamp on this uh, franchise? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I hope to be here for a, a, a good time, quite a quite a long time. To be honest with you, uh, I feel like as a as a team we can keep growing. I mean, I know we're the young team, but we're gonna keep growing and growing, and you know, and we're gonna get the game down pat, you know, and just keep going. Raekwon, I want to ask you about your defensive coordinator in, in Josh Boyer. It just seems like every week you guys come up with a different type of scheme or a different wrinkle that gives offenses issues. It gives them identification issues up front, and it and you create that kind of confusion you're looking for on defense. I would imagine on Wednesdays it's fun going into meetings to feel like, all right, what are we going to do this week uh, that's going to be new and and give uh, offenses problems? Um, Josh, Josh is probably like one of the biggest keys to this to the defense. I mean. That man, he watched film all night and day. You know, he write down what's what's the best scheme for this team each each play. What what we need to be like. He put players where they comfortable with playing, and he makes sure we're in the right position. And um and he and like he asks us questions. What we should, like, you know, what's what we should do on this play, and uh, you know, little details like that. But he he's a, he's a good good defense coordinator. I mean, he he's doing great this year. Do you guys realize what you're doing on defense? I mean, 19 takeaways this season. Your third third down defense is first in the NFL. Or you guys just have your head down and just going, hey, next opponent, Cincinnati, got to get after him. Next opponent, working. whoever it is, get after him. Like a workmanlike fashion. No, we're just working, man. We just got our head down. We just, we just working. We're working right now. That's all we know right now. Hey, we talked a little bit, uh, a couple, a little bit ago about you and uh, Christian Wilkins playing side by side. How's that Alabama Clemson conversation going with you guys this year? It's crazy. It's crazy, you know, because um, he always bringing up old times and, and you know, like when he beat us. <laughs> I mean, his last game he played with me. Uh, we swapped gloves, and he still got his gloves. He got like like me and Quinn gloves and, and like a little in the drawers at his house. But he always talking about that, you know. But you know, it just it's, it's great to have him by my side. I mean, he's a great teammate. It, it, Love working. It's, it's odd. It's odd being, you know, being. Uh, I don't want to say you know, vicious opponents to each other, but playing in, in high-profile games, national championship games with those guys, and now now having him by your side, feel a little strange. Yeah, that's crazy. But no, nah, I don't, I don't, it's just it's just that family thing, you know. It's just that family thing. That's how it is. Hey, uh, you, big you guys. Uh, you guys came up with a big sack uh, in the game. Uh, uh, on Sunday, why don't you take us through how that how that worked out with you guys? Um, we know we needed that stop. Um, you know, I don't know if they gave. I don't even know if they gave me a uh, half on that. I, th- I don't think I got that. But uh, yeah, I think you got a half. half. I think. Oh, okay, okay. I ain't, I ain't know I got it or not. They <laughs> 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 kept saying, "Nah, like it was like three people on it, so all yeah. three people were gonna get it." But but we we knew we needed that stop, and uh, and we knew that that play was gonna happen. So we were just like the first man get there is there. So and it just happened. Hey, uh, another play. You guys have had some of these plays. Fourth and one, uh, big point in the game. They just you just turned over the football, and your boy Landon Roberts comes through like a like a ton of bricks and just. 
just hit Frank. I haven't seen Frank Gore go down like that very often, but boy, he took a took a big hit from your, your guy Landon. And what what a big play for you guys in the game. Yeah, man, it was just teamwork. You know, I gotta. I was there trying to hold blocks, and I knew if I hold that block, he was gonna run through. So that's just how we work. Yeah, I thought you guys did a great job with that sudden change defense. A couple of times you were on a short field with the fumbles uh, coming back from the offense, and you guys were able to force a punt, and then that fourth down was incredible. Is that something you guys take pride in? Hey, no matter what the situation, we're going to find a way to come up with a play? Yeah, I mean, we, we take that to the heart. Like, we, we know we're going to need to stop, and we, we do it at practice. We prepare for stuff like that. So we, it just happens. We know we had it on mind. We got to stop this play. We got to stop this run. We got to stop this throw. Everybody got to do their job. Just handling your box and handling your situation, and we're going to make it happen. You know, Bo and I should have started this interview by congratulating you on the Iron Bowl. So we're, we're sorry we, we left it till the end, but congratulations yeah, on the Iron Bowl from, from South Florida, right? Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I, I was not there, but I still appreciate it. The boys, well, they, I, I know it means good. something to you as an alumnus, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely do. Definitely I'm still do. trying to get used to you sitting in that car. I feel like feel like we're watching late night TV and you're about to do carpool karaoke. If you're going to do carpool karaoke right now, <laughs> what song would you sing? What song would I sing? Yeah. Um, probably some Al Green. Love oh, you're going back. You're going old school. Old school, yes. That's, I like that's that. my jam. I like that. You, you, yeah. you told me before you're out there waiting for your dog. Your dog's getting groomed? Yeah, he is. There's some big dogs. All right. It looks like you got groomed before you came on with us, so so we appreciate that very much. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it going, Raekwon. I got you. All right, Raekwon. Well, great having you down here in South. One of these days we'll get to meet you face-to-face. -face. That's right. Hopefully within the next year or two we get to meet you face-to-face, -face, but – Sooner or later, we'll do that. But thanks for coming on the show and appreciate your work out on the field, my man. Thank y'all for having me. Now it's time to go behind enemy lines presented by AutoNation, where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash right now. Visit AutoNation.com. And, uh, and John, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, a football team that, uh, you know, really was, you know, come, came out of the blocks, looked like they were going to be pretty good. Joe Burrow, the number one pick in the draft, was certainly playing like the number one pick in the draft. And then he got injured and, all of a sudden, they've become the Cincinnati Bengals again, struggling to win football games. But but again, John, at least you got this one at Hard Rock Stadium this week. But again, I think this is one of those teams that you know, even though you don't have your starting quarterback, even though they've got you know guys that are out and they've had they've had issues to uh, to you know winning football games. I don't think the Dolphins are, are in any position, John, to to overlook or feel confident going into a, to any football game, much less the Cincinnati Bengals this week. No, the Miami Dolphins are in a, in a playoff push right now. They're right in the mix, and they can't let their foot off the accelerator right now against a two-win Cincinnati Bengals team, especially with them traveling to South Florida playing at Hard Rock Stadium. So you have a head coach in, in Zach Taylor, who we know quite well from his time of being an assistant coach with the Miami Dolphins. You mentioned Joe Burrow being out. Uh, Brandon Allen uh, on a one-week uh Start last week against the Giants. They lose 19-17 to 17, uh, to a, a very poor football team. That is playing well on defense, the Giants, I give you that. But not a solid football team, offense, defense, and special team. So you have to feel like the Dolphins, if they can play their game, uh, they should be able to come out victorious. But they do have some weapons on offense. If it's Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley at quarterback, 
Tyler Boyd's a guy you really have to concern yourself with. Just like uh, Crowder was last week for the Jets, I think Tyler Boyd can play inside and outside. He leads the Bengals in receptions with 72. He's over 700 yards in terms of yards. And then T. Higgins, he's a big uh, linear guy on the outside. He's leading the team in touchdowns with five. So you've got A.J. Green also in that lineup. Gio Bernard, a local product from St. Thomas Aquinas, who's back healthy, really the only running back that has been able to give them any sense of health over the last couple of weeks. And then on defense, you've got a safety in Jesse Bates, who leads the team not only in total tackles, but in interceptions with three. So he's a guy that patrols that Bengals secondary for him. But last week, Bo, it was a matter of their offense not getting it going. And you hope that the Miami Dolphin defense can really turn it up from the first quarter on because against the the Giants, who have a good defense, only 11 first downs. They were only 30% in terms of third down production. They only had 155 total yards. So that's a team that's coming off a performance they'd like to forget. You hope that the Dolphins continue, can continue that funk uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, especially on offense. Yeah, you look at the Bengals, and then you talk about some of the young guys. But, you know, when you look at that football team and what it used to be when Andy Dalton was there and you had A.J. Green and you, you talk about Giovanni Bernard and uh, Geno Atkins on the other side of the yeah. line, A.J. Green, and, and they're still all there, but they're a lot longer in the tooth now than they were just a couple years ago. So all their stars are really on the, on the, really on the downward side of their careers. And for the most part, now AJ green can still up and can still come up and, and bite you in the butt, still a very good receiver, but you know, he's had his, his issue staying on the field. Same with, same with uh, Giovanni Bernard, same with, you know, with the uh, Gino, all, all these guys have had these troubles and, and it's, it's, it can't be a week for the dolphins where they've got to, you know, where they've got to let, allow them to get healthy. Again, I go back to, to this, John, and, and there are certain games where, you know, you really got a game plan against the other team you're playing against, and, and you got a game plan against everybody. But this, to me, is one of those games where if, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm spending more time talking about our game, our fundamentals, the things we've got to do to win. Because if we can go out and play our game the way new, we know we can, then I think I think that's I think you've got enough in the tank to, to beat a Cincinnati Bengal team that, quite frankly, is limping home to the finish line. I couldn't agree with you more. I was just thinking, as you were saying that, this isn't KC week. This right. isn't all the weapons that you better make sure you have the right matchups. This is a week where the Dolphins need to take care of the Dolphins. They have to shore up the offensive line. They need to control that line of scrimmage and get some semblance of a running game going. On defense, they have to continue trying to create turnovers and havoc for opposing quarterbacks. And on special teams, you got to win that field position battle. You have to you know, when you cross the 50 or 45 yard line and you're going in to score, you have to continue if you're Jason Sanders to get those three points when you can to, to stay up 10 or 13 or two scores against an opposing team. So it's all the things you need to worry about internally uh, again, you know, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but in two weeks, you may have a different issue right, when right. Kansas City comes to town. So well, you're uh, definitely going to have a different issue in Kansas. You're going to have a different animal. So I, I think that you know, I, I, you're right. You're right on. You're, exa- you're thinking exactly the way I am, Bo. The Miami Dolphins have to take care of the Miami Dolphins no matter who lines up for the Cincinnati Bengals at quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back. And if you can do that, you should be able to win at home. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it uh, should, should be a, a, an interesting uh, game for the Dolphins and, uh, and, and what they've got to do here. But uh, it's an important game for the Dolphins because, you know, you win this game, you get to, you get to eight wins. Uh, you know, that, that guarantees you at least a 500 which would be a disappointment at this point, the way this football team's leading. But boy, that last that last month of the season, 
the, the big boy pants better be out for about four weeks uh, in, in, the, in the last part of the season. John, one of the things you touched on that, that we've mentioned him over and over again, but really haven't given him the time probably that, that he deserves. Uh, Jason Sanders, yeah. boy, boy, what do you, you know, you, you line him up for a 50 yarder, 53 yarder, and you just sit there and you go, no, this is automatic. You know, this, this is, this is automatic stuff. And, and like, look, I know he missed one field goal, but, but, and, and I credit him a lot for this. It wasn't a very good snap and it was a late hold. And, but, but you know what? I, you never, you haven't heard him say one word about that. He just kind of goes out and goes out and puts the next one through the uprights. And boy, what, what a season he's having for the Miami Dolphins and, and what an asset to have for a, for a young football team that's trying to learn how to win football games this year. He's money in the bank, Bo. I mean, there's no other way to put it. When he when he trots out on the field, you kind of write good from, and you just try to get the distance wherever he's kicking, and, and you've got it in your notes because he's been that solid for the Miami Dolphins, eight in a row over 50 yards plus, uh, going back to last year, 10 in a row. Um, it, it's just been a phenomenal run that Jason Sanders is on, and I, I, it's almost like a free-throw shooter. When, when yep. you go to the line, you just know you're going to make and you just know you're going to continue to make it. Every time I'm watching at home or watching in the studio uh, with you and you hear an announcer say, well, he's made X amount in a row, and you go, oh, no, he put the curse on him, right? <laughs> but Jason Sanders keeps, you know, making field goals and continues to kick yep. through all of that stuff, and it, it's been fun to watch. And you're right. Uh, I think that we haven't we haven't really shined the light on what he's done enough, and if he's not a Pro Bowl kicker, I don't know what is because you can't have a better season, quite frankly, than Jason Sanders is having for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's, it's really good to watch. Time for X's and Bowls. And, and uh, John, this weekend at uh, Hard Rock Stadium, Sunday afternoon, halftime. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it, it, it has to be under the COVID uh, umbrella that we're under. But uh, the Dolphins will honor Coach Shula, the winningest coach in the, in the history of the National Football League. And uh, and, and the guy that really put the Dolphins on the map and, and you know, probably put Miami on the map uh, in a way. But, uh, so they're going to have an opportunity to, to honor Coach Shula at halftime, John. And uh, the only, the only disappointment – well, certainly it's disappointment that we're having to honor uh, having lost Coach Shula during the offseason. But it's, it's a shame that the man that deserves so much, so much credit and so much um, to be honored by his fans – uh, are going to do it in an empty stadium. Uh, it's a pretty sad situation, but I know at some point uh, we're going to be able to honor him in, in a full house at Hard Rock Stadium. But uh, all of this starts this weekend on Saturday. Or Saturday. Well, you're right, Bo. He deserves so much more. As much like when he did pass, you know, fans came to the stadium, were able to go put flowers or sp spend a time in front of the statue of Don Shula and what he's meant to South Florida, what he's meant to sports in South Florida. You know, I can remember growing up as a kid, and that's all I – ever knew was the Miami Dolphins and, and Don Shula. Yep. And it was, it was something that, you know, you, you strive for excellence because the Dolphins of the seventies and the eighties were so good and always winning football games. And it seemed like every time you trek down to the orange bowl for a game, you were going to come home happy if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. And that was due to the discipline and, and all the things he instilled in his football team. So uh, yeah, it is going to be a, a sad time that, you know, 65,000 plus aren't going to be able to stand up and, and celebrate his life and, and cheer his excellence. But I, I'm sure that there will be a time where we'll all be able to celebrate, uh, you know, the memory of, of Don Shula and what it meant to each Dolphin fan in their own way. But it is something that, you know, we'll, we'll at least get to take part in 
somehow, some way, Sunday afternoon. You know, that, that number 347 is etched into, etched into Dolphin lore for forever. Uh, Don Shula, his total wins. But uh, you kind of start looking. And I thought that was a number that would never be, never, never be approached. Um, but I thought uh, 18 majors would never be approached. And, and some of those other numbers that are kind of people creeping up on. But now you're looking and you got Bill Belichick at 304 wins. And you start wondering, you start putting the math together. How long is he going to stay in the game? How many games can he win each year? And I think that I think when you start looking at it, I don't think there's anybody on the horizon, especially with the way the game is now, John. You know, having coaches, tenured coaches, as long as he's been there, as long as Don Shula's been there, I'm not sure if those days are uh, are, are are past us now with the the knee jerk by by owners and fans about you know coach loses uh, has two bad seasons and you want to get him out no matter what he did in the past. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see this battle coming down the line between. Bill Belichick and and will he try to will he try to hang around long enough to be that guy that walks away with with the most wins? I agree with you to a certain point of I'm I'm not sure management of football teams owners and GMs and I don't know if they have the patience to, to yep. fight through uh, maybe what a Mike Tomlin had to fight through in his first couple of seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers and now you look and see where he's you know always on the right end of, of winning yep. and losing. But when in terms of Bill Belichick, I think he will hang around as long as he's having fun and they're having success yep. and they have a chance to win football games. And, and I think he's having a lot of pride in bringing his son along, sure. uh, Steve, to be able to be that quasi defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots and have a lot of say so in in play calling on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think as long as that relationship and, and the winning continues in New England, I think he's always going to have a chance to hang out for three, four, five years, and that's what it's going to take, winning football for at least four and a half to five years to be yeah. able to eclipse that three, four, seven that Don Shula put up on the board. Yeah, he's going to have to do it without uh, the guy that gave him, man, I don't know how many. A lot how of many, rings. How many of those wing, rings and how many of those wins do you count up and you, you chalk them to, uh, to Tom Brady? But uh, he's kind of, you know, now, now, he's, now he's in that pack of searching for that quarterback. I got this one this week. I got this one that week and, and, and trying to deal with that. But uh, – yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. And look, I, I a lot of respect. You can't you can't respect you cannot respect what Bill Belichick has done and, and what he's done over his career. I just had hoped that uh, when all, when the dust settles and all said and done, that Coach Shula's at two forty seven and Bill Belichick is. I don't care if he's one below. As long as he's below, I, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you, Bo. I didn't I didn't get yelled at by Coach Shula for ten years to have someone else take his. That's uh, Knock him off That's the right. I got to keep my boy plastered high up on that panel <laughs> as long as it can be. <laughs> I'm right with you, Bo. Yeah. All right, John. Well, hey, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's been a pleasure being with you this week. And, uh, hey, so we can go out and get a win on Sunday and uh, and get to win number eight. And, boy, man, that would be uh, – well, then, then things get really fun, fun after that, John. Take care of business against the Bengals. That, that's all the Miami Dolphins need to do. And you're right. Getting to eight wins is a, a major accomplishment for this yep. football team. Remember, if you want to see the uh, the Audible, you can watch it every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFOR, CBS4 Miami. And you can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and from MiamiDolphins.com. So there's plenty of places for you to catch up and watch the Audible each and every week. Until next week, stay, health, stay healthy and stay safe. We'll talk to you then.